Well, howdy. Welcome back to the uh, Red Ass Podcast. And welcome to everybody. And hope everybody has a wonderful Christmas, except for the playoff committee and uh, Herb Street and a handful of others. <laughs> I, you know, it, I, I, think, I think a lot of us... Um, we're thinking that, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I think we might be on the outside looking in. Sure. But when I saw Oklahoma at six, I literally turned the show off. Yeah, and me I, too. I tw- it's, it's, it's a complete clown show. It it just shows you, like, all that what you're doing is you're looking at the logos. It, it, logos on the helmet. And I get the whole, do you honestly think that Cincinnati can beat Oklahoma? Yes. Well, well, for, <laughs> well yeah, well, first of all, yes. I mean, I know Oklahoma's playing a lot better football. But, uh, I mean, what's even the point of all this? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's that's really what the complaint is. When it comes down to it, it if you're not if you're not going to have the group five as even a, a realistic shot to, to make the playoffs, then quit lying and acting like they do. Like give the right. group of five their own championship, have the power five championship, uh, and, and that's it. So it it's frustrating, especially when you see. So Oklahoma was at what ten, right? When yeah, they, when yeah. They, Oklahoma so they were at 10, was at 10. Iowa State was at six. Correct. They beat Iowa State and they jump up to six. And one of the one of the things I heard, I, we're just getting straight into this. Yeah. One of the things, <laughs> one of the things I heard was, well, yeah, but Oklahoma was playing a lot better football now. And excuse me. Yeah, excuse the <laughs> shit out of your face, man. You, like you don't get to make an argument for one team, but not make the same argument for another. And this is where, that, like, if you're going to jump them four spots for beating Iowa State, who lost to, like, what, Louisiana Lafayette? or Yeah, Louisiana, yeah. By, by 17 points, mind you. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to jump them four spots because they really hung on to beat Iowa State, I might add. Right. I thought they were going to run away with it. It turned out being a pretty close game. Sure. But if, if they get the benefit of the doubt because they've been playing better football, then if you don't lose after losing in the second week to the number one team in the nation, aren't you also playing better football? You would think. I, I think, honestly, you know, as we get into this, of course, you know, lots of lots of discussion in regards to the playoff rankings and the lack thereof in this case. But I think probably the biggest issue for me throughout this entire process, and it goes all the way back to the beginning, has been the set double standard of what we've seen coming from the playoff committee. They've made it a point from the very beginning. They've said, you know, we're looking for national, you know, like who we think are the top four teams in, you know, in the nation. Right. And we rank teams based on who we think are just better teams. And I get that. At the same time, and for the most part, I can agree with a lot of what has happened, but there have been just some egregious issues across, you know, across the entire, you know, spectrum. I think, you know, early on, not even early on, a few weeks ago, you look at what happened to Florida. Florida ends up losing to uh, to LSU, and what was a really bad game. They a, fall one spot. What right? a bounce back by Florida, though. Which that, that I mean, SEC championship game was fun to watch. Well, no, and I think it just reinforced Texas A&M's win over them because if you look at Florida, they are not a bad team. They had a bad night against LSU. The problem is they didn't really get punished for it per se, as far as the rankings go. Which obviously we didn't have a problem with at the time. Well, yeah, I mean that, that feeds into us. It, I mean, it positively fed into us because sure. you're talking about the team you beat is still highly ranked. Right. And obviously, and my biggest problem is every argument that I heard, and not argument, but, you know, kind of basically Dis- statement yeah, of fact coming from, from the committee. Yeah. Like, all of it was hypocritical. Yeah, it is. And that, and it, you're not just seeing OU at six, but just the garbage spewing out of their mouths on the selection show. I, 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 I couldn't take it. And, and the, I, I know that some of that was just me being frustrated because we didn't make it in. Of course. But... 
it it's just a hundred percent wholesale bullshit is what they're trying to trying to feed us at this right. point. So and you, the the arguments you make that they they literally on the same show within five minutes of it were. were Using one argument for one team, but refuse to use the same argument for another team. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's as transparently biased as it gets. Right. And I, I get, I, I get the the group of five schools being pissed. I do. They deserve, uh, you know, and they have every right to be. They do. They certainly deserve, you know, some New Year's six. Uh, <laughs> oh, know, certainly rewards. more so than what they got. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's laughable. Um, I still think the entire crap with Ohio State's laughable. I'm going to go down this tangent real quick. Go for it. So because Ohio State obviously it's just it's and and you don't it, you know putting them in it, or if you were going to keep them out, it's not necessarily you were punishing Ohio State. You were punishing the Big Ten, and that's what it should have been done anyways. You're not necessarily punishing the school. They're following the leadership or quote unquote leadership of the Big Ten, which is the most inept hypocritical garbage leadership of any conference and that has been on full display since way back in the summer they decided they didn't want to play football they were going to take their ball and go home right. and then us the ACC and the Big 12 were like well hold on a minute we and a we shot. decided to play yeah. and so we put this all together we were able to play a, a, an extended conference season so we got Tried to get 10 games in. Damn near pulled it off. I think, I think when you looked at the SEC, grand total of two games did not end up getting played out of all the games that were on the right. schedule. And then, and then the Big Ten changed the rules because they don't have enough, uh, you know, Ohio State didn't have enough games to get into the championship, so they changed that rule. And then they come out on Selection Sunday and, <laughs> and make a change to their, like, contact tracing number of days. Right. Here, here's the catch on that. I get it that, that obviously we're learning as we learn more. A lot of these time frames have been shortened, and, and sure. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with this. Right. But two things, like one, do you have any idea how stupid you look making that announcement once Ohio State has been picked? Exactly. And two, do not feed me the bullshit that it's going to help all the Big Ten teams for their bowl games because you don't care about the rest of the Big Ten teams. You're the Big Ten leadership, and all you give a shit about is Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And so on top of that, it was just the optics of it too. Like I get, I get making that change, but like you're going to make the change after Ohio State is in the playoffs, right? Like are, are you just completely tone deaf to how stupid you are? Yeah, I think you know. In, in regards to Ohio State, I 100% stand on the fact that I think Ohio State, yes, good football team, no doubt about it. I will not argue that. I refuse to argue that. I think it has been very much proven that I think that they are a very good football team. I think, and most, and a lot of coaches, and that's something I want to talk about, a lot of coaches agree six games was not nearly enough of a statistical, you know, like sample size to really justify their their playoff ranking. The main reason they even maintained their position as it was was the fact that they were ranked preseason, and they were ranked as highly as they were, and they didn't fall for not playing, unlike Cincinnati, who did not play for almost a month and they kept falling they in the ring, yeah. right? So Ohio State didn't get that same treatment, and you know exactly why. It's because it's a silver helmet with a bunch of stickers on it. Okay, well, because it's Ohio State. Right. And it, and it goes back to the whole, you know, you have to play the games. And it's not just because, well, part of it, there's a wear and tear issue. You sure. Know, you've literally played half as many games as everybody else. Right. Uh, and then you combine that uh, with the fact that, I mean, look back over, you know, the last handful or so years, Ohio State drops dumb games late in the year, they so do. you don't have to play those late games in the year, or you're not you're not getting to that part of your schedule because your conference leadership 
is bereft of any sort of common sense, right. and they're just so adamant about doing their own thing and forging their own path that they can't get along. Like part of me just wants to kick the Big Ten out of the Power Five. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Like you, you don't. The Big Ten doesn't get any sort of you know automatic consideration. I mean, that's never going to happen. It's everything that happened with the Big Ten pisses me off, and it's not not directed at Ohio State. They're doing what their leadership tells them. Right. Doesn't mean I like Ohio State. I still can't stand them. No, but this is coming from the Big Ten office, right? And and that's a problem. I think my biggest, honestly, a really big complaint, and you know, having a friend of mine who is a an Indiana grad, right? So Indiana. Yes, they Man, lose. They got, hosed, I'm say, they got absolutely hosed. You know, you lose the game. You know, and like I said, tight, tight football game. You lose it, but then not only do you lose your game, then you get into bowl season. And despite having one loss, Indiana, who mind you, did not get a chance to play in the Big Ten game, but despite having the qualified ability to do so, they end up getting kicked. Not even you know outside of a New Year Six bowl, which that right there. In lies the many issues of this whole process. You have a you have a one loss Big Ten team that did everything that they were told to do, and they get punished simply for losing one game. Sounds like somebody we know. Well, just on top of that, like if we'd been selected uh, and Notre Dame had got kicked, I'd still be pissing and moaning about Ohio State. Oh yeah, because I, they don't just, deserve it. it there, it's it's complete garbage that the other conferences are are basically letting the Big Ten conference leadership. It's garbage that they're not. It's they should be punished for it. The Big Ten, it's one of those you made the bed, now you got to lie in it. And right. for some reason, we're letting them come back to the table after they quit because they pretty. I mean, they quit on the season. Right. And they decided they were going to start playing. It's trash. It's absolute trash. It is. And I think, and I want to go ahead and jump in on because you know, we've you know hammered Ohio State for good reason. I think if you look at them um, on the other side of the table, the other team that is that is worth talking about, uh, of course, that being uh, Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame, when you look at what happened, and the question marks as far as the schedule, and they talk about resumes and how Notre Dame's resume was ever so slightly better than A&M's, and it, I think it boils down to Notre Dame's best win, which we all know was the Clemson game. Absolutely, 100% should have been nullified by the fact that they got absolutely pounded in on the on the big stage in your championship game. When you lose like you do, 24 points, which, I mean, it was 31 until garbage time touchdown. All they had to do was keep it close and nobody even would have complained. No, and the thing is, you didn't. When Clemson came out... And, and had their whole team. And had their whole <laughs> team ready to go, and, you know, everybody was healthy, everybody was ready to go... They came out and they put on a clinic. And anybody who watched that game would know that the score didn't even indicate how big of a blowout that game was. Frankly, that should have been the nail in the coffin for Notre Dame. No questions asked. The problem is, and it is a problem within college football, is you have your blue blood slash recognizable team names that are one going to bring in monetary value to the playoff, and two, have established fan bases around the nation that are just going to watch the game, and like I said, they're established. So you are going to see, in future seasons, outside of some craziness, you will see the likes of Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, if they get their act together, USC, you'll see the likes of you know Georgia, to an extent, recently, Clemson, if Florida State ever gets back on their horse, they would be there. 
There are just hell, and I'll go ahead and throw them in there, even though they're terrible right now. Texas, Oklahoma. The problem is these are all national brand teams, and by definition, ESPN, Fox, everybody knows what that brand means and the value that it has, which is why they will always get the nod until somebody comes and knocks them off their perch. Yeah, but at the same time, like it's all not it's it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, sure. Think about Alabama 15, 10, 15 years ago. Right. You know, look at Texas right now. Look right. at Michigan right now. Yes. You know, it's it, it is cyclical. It, it is, you know, and these these programs when they're good, it's because they have good coaches. Right. And so I think one thing that you can obviously look at in a very positive light is we've got the coach. Right. And we're clearly in an upward trajectory. So again, you know. Everybody's like, well, would you rather just be in a New Year's Six Bowl and win, or would you rather be in the playoffs and lose? I'm like, I want to be in the playoffs. Like any any pro I want to any be in pro the yeah any pro, any program with a brain wants to be in the playoff. And the obviously A and M would I obviously say that I think that they are deserving. Yes, Texas A and M did everything that was asked of them. They played the games they could. They won. Granted, they didn't do it in super flashy way. They're not putting up 40, 50 points on people. They're going to put up 30 points on somebody, but have the defense to win the game. And that's the way we play our football game. And it's not flashy. I guarantee if you put Texas A&M on the field on January 1st against Alabama, it's a vastly different outcome from what you saw early in the season. I think Texas A&M is a better football team. They're, they are much more bought into the system. And I think, you know, do I, and I'm not going to sit here and spew off some BS about us beating Alabama because I think Alabama's on a different level. But... I think that's at least, you know, two score, maybe one score game. Well, see, I, I, you know, I don't even care how, what the outcome is with the Alabama game. The fact is, if you put us on the field with Notre Dame, we'd run them out of the stadium. Yeah. And if you put us on the field with Ohio State, we would win. Yes. So it, that's really all that matters. What matters is getting in the playoffs and having a chance. Right. And that was taken from us because, you know, because oh, because the Big Ten is garbage and, and Notre Dame is everybody's darling. And it's... It's fascinating. Again, it's one of those, you know, you're playing your best ball at the end of the year kind of thing. Well, we all saw Notre Dame. They did not. And, and you can't tell me that they went out and had, I mean, they didn't have a, like, it wasn't an anomaly that they caught the ball up six times. And, you know, it, they just went out there and got their tails whipped. Yes. By a really good Clemson team. So, it, 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 I, I'm not, I don't even care what the outcome will be with Bama. Uh, sure. I mean, I think, I mean, I think it'd be closer than than what we did. In fact, I think it'd be a pretty damn good game. Right. Uh, you know, relative to what we played earlier in the season. Right. But it comes down to the fact that we're better than Notre Dame. And and are we better than Ohio State? I don't know, but I'd love to play the game. At least it, put it on the field where it counts. And I think that's my biggest issue. With the current playoffs set up with four teams, there's just, there's just too much right there for me to say, man, that whole group, I would say between about number three and number six, not including Oklahoma, but I think if you put three through six, I think those are all really intriguing matchups, and I hate the fact that we don't get to see them. That's my problem. See, that's the thing. I, I don't think they're intriguing. I, I, I think the well, three best teams in college football right now, in fact, I think the four best teams, if you're really going on what I, you know, recency bias, what I saw last, it's Alabama, it's Clemson, it's Texas A&M, and it's Florida. Those are four best play, the, those those four teams are playing the best right now. I agree. Because if you're going to stand toe to toe with Bama and just slug it out, and they did, and ben, dude, Najee Harris five touchdowns, Devonta, you know, Devonte Smith, just phenomenal game from Alabama, and Florida was right there. So again, I I've seen Ohio State play, and they haven't impressed me at all. 
The only, like you said, the only reason they're where they are <clears throat> is because they got ranked despite not playing football games. They were in the rankings, right? And I think that's a problem. And and obviously, you know, this is going to be a one-off kind of thing where you know we won't see this again. You don't have to like think of some sort of protocol, you know, or maybe they maybe they will because you never know. But, you never know. But <clears throat> man, if you're not playing football, then you're not part of the discussion, and you don't get to just jump in because you decided to put your helmet on. Right. And, and I think that's the biggest problem. And you look at, <clears throat> like you're saying, Indiana. Indiana shows up, starts playing football, starts playing pretty good football. Who are they playing against? Turns out some bad teams. Sure. Still, but they kept it close with Ohio State. They did. Northwestern uh, Northwestern was in that game late. Yeah, they were. So you're trying to tell me that Ohio State is some world beater? No. Ohio State is in because they're Ohio State. And right. because the Big Ten has enough power and pull to be able to push their way into the Final Four. Like, I... I, I Honestly, I'm coin flip. I'd love to see an 18 playoff. But at the same time, I'm fine with the fourth. I'm fine with the setup. They just need to get their shit together and get it fixed. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't one of those where we have four spots and we got to make sure that four conferences are, are you know, are accounted for. But it, it's not, it, it, dude. Play good football. Get in. That, that's that's all it should be. And what the committee basically showed us is that their selection criteria is uh, it's malleable. It's, you know, who, it's they, who you are. They they just they just get to kind of ch- pick and choose what argument they're going to use for which team. Right. And there, there's no set strict kind of way to go at it. And it's it's frustrating. It's stupid. It's something you know you're going to complain about every year. You know, in, in the years that A and M wasn't anywhere near you know the discussion. Sure. Uh, you, you're still complaining about it. You know, when it literally doesn't affect you and it pisses you off, then something's probably wrong with it. Right. And I think you know mm. it it did not help. And I and once again, this is not anything towards. You know our situation personally, but just the absolute vitriol and bias that you just felt week in and week out from ESPN. I mean, it just was absolutely atrocious. You look at the discussions that were had, and it almost felt like Texas A&M was just an afterthought every single week. And it's just frustrating when you are the number five team. You're ahead of the teams we're talking about six, seven, eight. And they're just constantly saying, well, how can they make it in? How could they kind of weasel their way in there? Almost like Texas A&M was simply a placeholder. Despite the fact you've watched them play, you've watched them beat teams, and yeah, sorry, Herbie, I know you picked Auburn to beat us, but you know what? Texas A&M wins their games. They cover in their games, and they have been kicking serious ass. It's just not the way you want to see it. Well, the weekly talk wasn't as bad, um... But it was on full display during the selection show. Oh, no doubt about it. And I it. turned it off, but plenty of people got plenty of clips. And it just completely asinine. And I, okay, so, yeah, I get it. They're human, but you're a professional. Right. So the idea is for you to be professional. And every clip that I've seen from the selection show after I turned it off, it was just a gleaming example of a lack of professionalism and people getting their feelings hurt, even though they're superstar talking heads. Right. And it's... If they would go back and look at the narrative that they've been molding and trying to mold, you know, throughout the season, and just the crap that they've talked just here and here and there throughout the season, right? It, it was it was just it was on full display in the selection show, and I've I've never seen, I I, I just didn't think I'd, that that's you know that's the kind of, of talk and and back and forth that like you and me have, right? You know, that's that's podcast stuff. We're not you know we're not this national face. You know, we don't have eighty thousand downloads a week. No. So it's, it's, it, it was it was impressive 
for them for ESPN to finally, you know, once the picks were in and they didn't have to hold back, for those guys just to show their ass. Herbie and Galloway. Oh, God. Just absolute track. Galloway has always had a chip on his shoulder about us. Herbie has gone back and forth throughout the years. But it's, uh, of course, those two yahoos are going to be up there pining for Ohio State. Why wouldn't they? And I get that. But it's it's frustrating because they got up there and they they got unprofessional real quick. Well, and you look at, I think, one of my favorite things from Herbie was, you know, saying, hey, guys, take the high road. And I'm sitting there going, hey, do you guys remember 2017 when Alabama gets put in the four hole and you guys were not in the playoff? And you walked off set. Like a child. Like a child that didn't get what he wanted and you started rolling around on the ground like a two-year-old. And I get it, they're fans. Sure. Especially especially if you play for the squad. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, again, you're You're a professional professional. and and you're at your job. I would expect, you know, let's say down the road at some point, if you have like a Von Miller type or a or a Tannehill type that all of a sudden ends up in this same kind of position, calling the game. If Texas A&M gets shafted, I would fully expect them, yes, not to, yes to defend us, but not act like a child doing it. You, you know, you want to see professionalism? Have Tony watch Tony Romo call a Cowboys game. Oh, it's incredible. I'd, I'd say Troy Aikman, but Troy's actually like turned into a Cowboy basher because we're so bad. Well, <laughs> I, I, that's fair. I, I appreciate it, but yeah, but. Uh, you know, it's your ability to do a job as a professional in between the whistles. And in between the whistles, you don't get to wear a school t-shirt underneath. You know, it's, it's just not how it works. No. You have to be as unbiased as you can be. Which, of I don't, understandably, you're still going to... It's gonna, hard. It, it, it's hard, but you get paid to do it. Exactly. You get paid to not act like a five-year-old. Right. And on Sunday, they acted like complete children. Well, if somebody can come at me on Twitter and say, well, you're biased because you're nagging. I'm like, yeah, and I'm not getting paid to make these decisions yeah, either. Yeah, this is my personal <laughs> Twitter account, dude. You know, I don't even have a blue check. Why are you getting an argument with right, me? Right, you know, and that's just it. I mean, the amount of vitriol I felt that just came across from every single fan base out there that just wanted to see us fail and not get where we want to go. And, you know, like, you know, Texas... I don't mind it coming from no, I don't, I, I, No, I don't mind it coming from anybody else. I think the funny part is, you know, we're dealing with, the, you know, the, the Kyle Umlags of the world. You know, this guy comes out and says, well, here we go again. A&M's outside the top four in a top men's sport. I'm sitting there going, dude, the playoff, the final rankings won't come out until after the bowl. Oh, I'll tell you right now, I don't... If you bring that guy any mind, you're causing yourself a lot of no, stress. No, it's just funny. I just I see his stuff and the thing. I've muted his account, so I, I don't look at it. The guy's just a dweeb. He is. It, it's it cherry picking stats, but that's neither here nor there. No, Texas, Texas is so far off my mind. I don't care about them. They're well, not. They're not worth. They're not even worth the conversation. Yeah, shifting gears. Um, yeah, I'm ecstatic to play in the Orange Bowl. Me I'm too. glad we didn't end up in the Cod Bowl again. Um, yes. Although I would have been thrilled to go curb stomp OU another time in Arlington. Because I think that's exactly what we would do yet again. Because just like last time, you're not going to be able to contain that high-flying Oklahoma offense. And we went in there and just beat the snot out of them. Right. So I'm excited about going to the Orange Bowl. I think it's great exposure. You know, switching oh, sure. up. That was, that was the one thing that I thought was always so just kind of meh about being the Southwest Conference. Like every year if you win, you go to the Cotton Bowl. Like there, well, you go to the there was no Bowl. other invitation. That was it, man. No, and, and like I said, it's it, the Cotton Bowl, historically, yes, it's a great bowl game to be a part of. But like we've been in it a lot. It, it's, a, it's it's our backyard, so it's cool, especially with the Southeastern Conference. One that we've been able to kind of expose ourselves to other bowl venues that we've never been to before. I mean, if you look at yeah, you know, what was the Belt Bowl, now it's the Mayo Bowl or whatever. Yeah, Duke's um, Mayo yeah, Bowl. Yeah, then you got you know, um, you know Music City Bowl, which you know, and of course the Gator Bowl. But I I think especially when you look at Texas A and M this year, Orange Bowl is a perfectly fine thing, and honestly, we have a. 
a good opponent. Granted, they're going to be missing some parts. Well, given that we're not in, all right. So right. we're but we're past. We're past. We're that. past that. We're done. I'm well. We're past that for the show. I don't know if right. I'm personally still past <laughs> that. But you know, the Orange Bowl. It's a great bowl game. It's an opportunity to go against the ACC. Um, yeah, North Carolina. Good team, like you said, misses some parts. Yep. You know, there's those fun kind of backstory lines with Mac Brown being there, which you know, um, love him. Great. And coach. and North Carolina's looked at as one of those good wins, right? In the ACC, if you beat North Carolina, sure. So, so we go and mud hole North Carolina. Yeah, go get a good win for us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, you're talking about ending up third in the country. Yeah, and that's a very real possibility. I think I think it's done. I think it's an absolute hundred percent. As, as long as the semifinals go how I think they're going to go. Right. We'll, we'll jump up. And so I think you look at, honestly, going into that game uh, with North Carolina. I mean, you know, good football team, no doubt. I mean, they've definitely made strides under Mac Brown. I think that they have really – Good team. Yeah, they're a good team and honestly a great matchup and somebody that, frankly, is not a bad opponent to look forward to. Would I have liked to have played somebody in the top ten? Sure. But obviously, with both tie-ins, this is the next best thing we get. Yeah, just because with the tie-ins and all that crap, it's just how it's going to work. Right. So, it, well, especially with the ACC getting two in. So, right. So I mean, you you basically get the next in order. So I'm excited about it. Um, I haven't really previewed a lot, which is which is crazy considering it's kind of right around the corner. You know, normally you got that just month off where you're just doing just nothing. like <laughs> you're holding your breath, praying for the poinsettia bowl, so, so you know bowl season has started. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's great exposure uh, playing in the Orange Bowl. Um, being able to win the Orange Bowl would be, again, that upward trajectory that we're talking about with right. the program. Um, and, you know, a win is a win in the Orange Bowl. Um, but if we're able to go in there and really dominate, like I think our defense is perfectly capable of doing, yeah, um, yeah, we could put up a really, really good looking score, a convincing win, if yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> convincing. We, we could have a convincing win in the Orange Bowl. Dig it. Well, um, and, and, I, and I think one thing that would be really, really nice about it is, you know, when we're looking at, I'm just looking at point spreads here. Currently, Texas AM is favored by a touchdown. And I think, you know, fair early spread. I think AM covers that. Oh, well, our spreads have been pretty accurate this year. Um, yeah. Well, again, you know, there's a reason that Vegas probably hasn't paid their own light bill in forever. Right. Um, but uh, I, I, I just, I haven't seen enough North Carolina. I, my guess would be just going based off of SEC, ACC, you know, where they are, considering they're pretty much kind of the third team in the SEC. I feel like a 10-point spread would be a little bit, you know, I, I feel like this is a 10, 14-point win. Sure. But then again, in bowl games, in bowl goofy, games, goofy Jimbo, well, Jimbo loves loves to put points on the board in bowl games. So, hell, we could go out there and win by 28. We could. And I think um, one thing I am actually, you just kind of as a – Quick aside back to our previous conversation, but winning this game and AM ending up at three, and let's just go ahead and assume what we all know is probably going to happen is Notre Dame ends up getting taken down by a significant margin. At what point does the playoff committee finally think to themselves, God, we've given them so many chances. Why do we keep doing this? Yeah, no, it, well, it, and you know what? You can almost kind of relate that to how Herbie has kind of turned on us. You know, Herbie had our back for years. Yeah. And every time he picked us in a big game, we'd let him down and lose. Right. Um, and, and I wonder if that's a thing. You know, it's, so you got to realize, again, it's human. There's a human factor. And and I know that, you know, the selection committee, you're sitting there. You're, you're, you can't think about what they did in years past. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. But at some point, that's got to start creeping into your head. Because they've lost 
like six or seven games by 144 points. Like, bro, that means you're just getting curb stomped every time you play for anything that's valuable. Well, you look at two, you look at 2000 on, and that's you know been one, two, three, four, five, six games of a BCS level, a New Year's Six level, or a playoff level. Out of these games they have played up to this point, they've lost every single one. Average margin of victory was like 38 to 14 in favor of the other team. Well, it, it it's got to creep in your mind at some point. Sure. And and here's here's the catch. Like you thought Clemson laid it on Notre Dame. Watch Alabama. Watch Alabama. Well, especially after giving up the amount of points that he gets Florida, you know Saban is pissed. Well, and on top of it, I'm going to tell you right now, Notre Dame doesn't have the athletes that Florida does. No. Uh, and Clemson doesn't have the athletes that Alabama does. No. And I know that Alabama defense is, they've talked about suspect. a little suspect here and there. But you got to realize, these are just, this is a different breed, man. And I, I, I think Alabama runs away with it this year, to be honest. But I think uh, it, it, it could get brutal real fast. And what's funny is, you know, if you could really track the metric as to the ratings, as to like when people start watching, you know, if Alabama gets 14, 17 up, the ratings may explode because people just want to watch it and laugh for the next hour and a half. Watch Notre Dame just get stomped. Well, it just reminds me of, you know, like the Alabama-Oklahoma game a few years ago when everybody was like, oh, Kyler Murray's just the absolute bee's knees, and Oklahoma's going to run roughshod all over And you know what? And he's really good, and look what Alabama did. And Alabama absolutely took it to him, and it was just awful. It was glorious. So, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be an interesting bowl season, man. I think kind of going forward here, I mean, I wouldn't mind talking about some of those games. Yeah, there's not honestly there's not a ton of bowl games that I'm super interested in watching. Right. Uh, I really am interested in Florida though. I think Florida Oklahoma should be an interesting game. I think Florida does win that one by more than three, which is the spread. Well, I know Pitts declared, but that I mean, does that I mean that doesn't necessarily mean he's out of the bowl game. All I've seen is that he de- he's declaring for the draft. Well, yeah, and I, no, if he has not quote unquote opted out, he should be fine. Well, well, and you know, what's the thing? Until you hire an agent, you're good, right? Right, or, that's the rule. Yeah, I so I mean, I, I I hope Pitts is in that game. If Pitts is in that game, I, I think Florida wins, and I think they win you know, handily. Uh well, Florida defense is still what it is. Yeah, and, and OU can move the ball, but I, I think Florida wins that game. But I think it'll be like I think it'll be a really good football game. Right, like, just like the SEC championship was kind of a shootout. I could see that. I could see a lot of points in that game. Right. Um. Obviously, our game. Uh. I'm going to watch the playoffs. Uh, I don't care if anybody's upset about oh, it. I'm, I'm in for um, Shr- Chad and Freud at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm literally there wearing an Alabama and Clemson hat in the first round and then just letting it ride from there. Yeah, my biggest thing is uh, I want to see Army get into a bowl game. They absolutely deserve to that be in a bowl game. That's such a hose job, You're man. sitting here at 9-2 and two and you don't get a bowl invite? Are you well, serious? And in their last two weeks, you know, just because with COVID, everything's been kind of messy. They beat Navy, and then they beat Air Force in consecutive weeks. Speaking speaking of COVID, <laughs> did you see that uh, Tennessee had to opt out of their bowl game because of COVID issues? Uh, they whatever excuse they feel like <laughs> using, whatever. Well, yeah, they they said but, that, well, well, that's yeah. a Liberty Bowl, right? Yeah. Well, all right, just an army. That's what that's what we were all saying. You got tagged in that on Twitter, by the way. Oh, all oh, right, on. Yeah, you'll check it out. But I yeah, was no, watching I watching my hammers play like doo doo. Yeah, but the straight up though, uh, army needs to go play in Liberty Bowl. Go go play West, go go play West Virginia. Have fun. That that probably be a really fun game because I don't think West Virginia could stop triple option if you gave them a month to prepare. No, I don't think you could. Either. And army army's good. Yeah, it's the service academies are kind of funny where you know recruiting there is obviously really hard um, because. They, 
Everybody technically is on scholarship, right. but, but um, you know, you don't really get recruited to play football first and then see if you can, you know, what they can do academically. Right. <clears throat> you have to be able to get into the service academies. So your, your pool of recruits is tiny. You know, you see a lot of these kids that are recruited by Army, Navy, and Air Force. Right. You know, and, and then a bunch of Ivy League schools. Right. Um, and, and, but it's just kind of weird how, a, a, you know, a service academy for a year or two, they'll put together, um, you know, kind of bigger linebackers, you know, they, they find these guys that they're a little bit bigger. And while they're, while they're at the academies, um, they actually have a waiver for like meeting the height weight standards. So the linemen can actually put on right. know, football weight. Sure. Um, they just want, as soon as football season ends their senior year, they have to, uh, you know, they have to cut it all. You know, they have to cut all that weight and make, make the regs. But right. I mean, like Army's kind of a legitimate football team this year, as, you know, relatively speaking to running the triple option. But no, they've looked great. They've been fun to watch. Man, that Air Force game was a good awesome. Game. That was a great game. And, and that's, you know, maybe that's like the Premier League guy in me, you know, because it was you know, 10-3. Yeah, it's, there's no offense. I mean, it was three. It was just, I mean, the, the game scoring-wise was terrible. Nobody could get anything going. No. But then, you know, right at the end, Army – Puts the drive together, right. goes for it, fourth and one, your fourth and goal from the one, manages to punch it in. It was, it was, a, it was a fun game to watch. Um, yeah, it's I, I like different styles of football. I really right. do. But me too. Yeah, so I hope they get to Liberty Bowl. Yeah, uh, I want to touch on a couple of bowl games, uh, a couple small ones here. Um, Arizona Bowl, uh, which yeah, that's San Jose State, Nick Starkle. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I was I was really seven and zero, mind you. Seven and zero, Mac, you know, Mac, um, Mount West, Mount James, West, yeah, yeah. And they're playing against Ball State, who is six and one, just won the Mac. So you have Mac champ, Mountain West champ, San Jose State's seven and a half point favorite in Arizona. I just want to see Starkle throw for like six touchdowns. Go for it. Nick's such a good kid. I don't know. He is not ass, my dude. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And I'm I'm proud of him because that's been great. Hey, yeah. You, Honestly, yeah, getting through injuries and just shuffling around depth charts and moving around a bunch and finally finding a home where he's, you know, you, obviously he loves football because he's still doing it. You know, he didn't get so frustrated that he quit. Right. So I, I'm, I'm really, really happy for Nick Starkle. I bet every, you'd be hard-pressed to find an Aggie that isn't. Um, oh, yeah, we love him. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, hope they, uh, I hope they win their bowl game. That'd be good. And I um, hope he gets, like, bowl game MVP. That'd be cool. Um, Oregon State, Miami, that's uh, 21 versus 18 in the – Cheese it bowl. How is Oregon State ranked? Well, o- no, o- like, Oklahoma State. Oh, Oklahoma State. I was like, Oregon State. D- Dim pokes, man. <laughs> no, and like I said, that Miami, Miami uh, dropping out of that conversation to be in the uh, to be in the um, Orange Bowl there. So you know, no home game for them. Well, okay, so that's a game I could see Big Twelve probably winning. Sure, I, I think Oklahoma State's pretty good. I do. Yeah. Um, so I can see Oklahoma. I don't know. They, they were so. Bipolar this year. They were. Um, so I could say, so we'll give the Big 12 that one. Okay. Uh, Texas, Colorado, and the Alamo Bowl. Colorado is so bad at football. Like but they're 4-1. If, 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 if they're not good, dude. They're not good, but they're 4-1. and one. It's. Let's take a look at their games. I'm just I, I, I can't. I, I, I just can't fathom Colorado beating Texas. I don't either. I mean, Texas is a 13-point favorite. Texas has four captains that have opted out. Right. And, uh, you yeah, know, they, they beat you know, uh, San Diego State, yeah, Arizona, uh, Utah. Arizona's, oh, they're bad. Well, actually, they'll, excuse me, they lost to Utah, but then they uh, they beat Stanford and UCLA. Regardless, it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Tom, I mean, Tom, uh, Tom Herman has made it a point to win his bowl games. I will give him that. I mean, you know who I'm rooting for. So. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> go, go Buffs. Um, yeah. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, Missouri, Iowa. 
That might be an intriguing match. That might be one of the most boring games. Most boring bowl games. Well, sure. 15-point yeah. spread to Iowa. Really? Well, I mean, Iowa 6-2, and two, Missouri's 5-5. and five. Well, yeah, Missouri, I mean, Missouri's been one of those up-and-down teams, too, though, this yeah, year. They, yeah, so. yeah, they beat LSU, who they thought was good, and they're not. Well, you, you don't know which Missouri you're going to get. No. It could be a good game. I, bet, I mean, it would wouldn't surprise me if Missouri covered. Sure. It would be an interesting game. Um, could be. Um, yeah. Wake Forest, Wisconsin, Mayo Bowl, yeah. meh. Um, Tulsa, I mean, we'll go and go over SEC teams here. Tulsa's playing uh, Mississippi State in the Armed Forces Bowl. That could be like a 60-63 to 63 type game. Could be. And you have, yeah, you have 6-2 and two Tulsa, 3-7 and seven Mississippi State. Tulsa's favorite two and a half. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, Bolt. Bowl records by conference this year are going to be a little wonky. <laughs> they are. They're going to be or, real wonky. Or we're really going to see if the SEC is really good because we're sending some really shitty teams to bowl games. I would love to see the SEC just go out and roll. I mean, but at the same time. Can, I, you, can you imagine losing to Mississippi State this year? God. No, I don't care who you are. It couldn't be us. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it couldn't be us, but I'm just saying, like, they're just so bad. And, you know, Tennessee's out of the Liberty right. Bowl. Yeah. Um, Arkansas, TCU, Texas Bowl. Uh, I bet Arkansas wins that game. TCU is a five-and-a-half-point favorite, but I, put, I like Arkansas. I'd put money on Arkansas to win that game. I think Arkansas is looking good. I might put money on Arkansas to win that game. Uh, New Year's Six here for you. Um, Georgia Wait, where's Ole Miss? Ole Miss, uh, they are in the Outback Bowl with Indiana. Outback Bowl. Outback Bowl, huh. Indiana. Yeah, four and five Ole Miss in Indiana. At I don't know if Indiana. I don't know if Indiana can keep up with Ole. That's the problem. Well, it, but then again, I don't know if the Ole Miss quarterback can throw to his own team. Right. Well, that was. <laughs> I mean, did you get a chance to watch that LSU Ole Miss game? Yeah. That game was awesome. It was like a Big Twelve, like old school Big Twelve game. Just there was no defense. Well, yeah. Box score I saw it just looked like a video game. It was stupid. It, it was great. It was a fun game to watch. I'll give them that. Um, but yeah, Georgia Cincinnati, Georgia favored by seven. That should be a really good game to Peach watch. Peach Bowl, so it's gonna it's, be a Georgia home game. It's good, yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see um, if Cincinnati's for real. Yeah, I mean, I'm not overly opposed to Cincinnati winning that game. I mean, I get because we obviously this is not gonna hurt us. We didn't play Georgia. Yeah. So I think it might be. Interesting. I just I just don't know if they can. Yeah. Again, that that's when you really start talking about the difference in the trenches between conferences. Right. Um, Auburn and Northwestern, I think. I think Northwestern. Northwestern is currently a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Well, Auburn doesn't have a coach. Yeah, they don't have a coach. Um, We've already been over Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. Yeah. Um, Okay, so as of the second, so that's NC State and Kentucky. Um, And that's Gator Bowl. Kentucky's two-and-a-half-point favorite. I I haven't seen any Kentucky football this year. Me either. I have no no idea. I mean, the disparity between the two teams is pretty significant. NC State's eight and three. Kentucky's four and six. So, I but Kentucky's still favored. So, I mean, you take that for what it's worth. Yeah, but Ole Miss, Indiana, we talked about that one. Um, okay, other New Year's Six uh, Fiesta Bowl, Iowa State, Oregon, battle of an, a three-loss team in Oregon who kind of snuck in after taking down I mean, it, USC. It, it might be a good game. Question mark. Question mark. It, it all depends on which Brock Purdy shows up. Yeah, that's true. Again, the Pac-12. I, I don't know that I watched any Pac-12 football this year. No, I honestly, I really, I think it would have been interesting had USC beaten Oregon, because I think Iowa State and USC playing each other, basically being the exact same colors, would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's just from a uniform standpoint. I kind of wanted that. 
Um, other than that, there's no other. Yeah, there's really no other bowl games yeah. worth talking. Well, about. Well, a bunch of bowl games that canceled. Going back to the army thing. Yeah. What, what upsets me the most is I saw. Um, you know, I saw a, a report uh, about it. I think it was Brett McMurphy. I was following him because he was tweeting out the bowls as they got announced. Right. And he said, the reason behind it, you know, why a bunch of these bowls got canceled is that teams found out the bowl game they were going to play in and decided they didn't want to play. Right. So it's it's so selfish and it's so immature. And, and I and, and this is not, I'm not going to listen to them, but we're in the middle of a pandemic argument. Right. Because if you got to the point where you've been considered for a bowl, it means you played football. I don't want to yeah, hear it. Yeah, you have played it up to I, this I, point. I don't want to hear it. It's just, it's so childish and immature to be like, well, that's not the bowl I wanted to play in. So, you know, it's like the... It's like the kid that opens up, like, you know, like a kid opens up a Christmas gift and it's not the exact thing that they asked for. Like it's, it's what they asked for, but it's like the wrong brand. And they're like, and, and they throw a little hissy fit. It's exactly what it reminds me of. Yeah, no. And, and I, and I get it. I get it. As a player, you know, you want to play the top notch stuff, but at the same, but you didn't, like, you didn't earn your way to play in a better bowl. And that's one thing I will say early on. And granted, we still got plenty of time before the bowl game. But I haven't seen a single A&M player be like, oh, well, is us. This sucks. They're all like, let's go beat the shit out of them. All I saw on Twitter was them really, really pissed off. Yes. And then you saw kind of a whole shift to, all right, well, then let's let's go let's go to the Orange Bowl and take care of business. I mean, and, and see, that in lies what I think is big about having Jimbo Fisher's the It's a culture thing. It's an absolute culture thing. You talk about the culture shift of what Texas A&M was, and once again, I love Kevin Sumlin as a person. I think he's a great guy. But everybody knows he was a player's coach first before really a game and a team manager. He wasn't, you know, he's not there to be, he's there to be your buddy. And that really didn't help us out from a culture standpoint. I don't feel like Jimbo Fisher is buddy to anybody on that team. I mean, yeah, I get it. He's going to be like, you know, he supports his guys. He's in a, no, he... He's in the correct role when you're a head coach, and it's a mentorship role. Right. He's a mentor to yeah, these he's guys. Yeah, he's not a dad for any of these no. guys. I mean, it, you know, if a situation arises where he needs to be a fatherly figure, I'm sure he's more than capable and steps up and does that. But Right. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's a whole culture thing, and you can just see it from program to program when you look around the country. You know, look at what Nick Saban has built at Alabama. And when you hear those players talk yeah. in their interviews, you know, the things that they address, these aren't just, you know, them towing the lines with, with the company policy, you know, letter or whatever. It's... You know, these are things that have been instilled in them that they believe in. It's the same thing when you when you hear our players talk about, you know, we talk about the process, right? We right. talk about the discipline. Um, so, and, and we talk about always needing to get better. And and the, the, the successful programs talk like that. Well, and, and you notice leading up to Bowl Selection Sunday, there was not a single and player, coach, or anybody else that made it a point to you know, talk about, well, here's why we should be in the playoff. Here's why we need, why we've earned our way. And we didn't get any of that until the book had been closed. Once we had beaten Tennessee, and then Jimbo went off on his rant, which was, if you did not see it, absolutely glorious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go out there, you defend your boys, and you say, "Hey, we played in the <clears throat> toughest league. We won seven. Yeah, we won, you know, eight games, seven in a row in the toughest league in America. Do you know that's more than enough to get us in the playoff? And we've done what we've done our part. What I loved his shot, he was like, That, yeah, you know, we've won more in a row than some teams have played, which I think and was you know great. What? People were like, Whoa, that was throwing a little shade, it wasn't throwing a little shade, that was that was, was throwing a lot of shade. <laughs> that was absolutely directed like laser on target. He, right. everybody, everybody knew who he was talking about. Oh, yeah, and you know, I think and deservedly so. And I really do hope in the, in the coming years, and because I, you know, we don't know what this team's going to look like next season. 
um, because of the whole COVID the free situation. Year. Yeah, yeah, the, the free the year. Free year. We, I mean, I'm already. I've heard that apparently Kelmond is gone uh, because of you know he's already accepted the Senior Bowl, so he's going to take off. Right. I think if we can maintain parts and pieces of O line, if we can maintain, I mean, we've got more than enough parts and pieces coming back offensively. I don't know. See, I'm torn on it because the thing is, right. like, do you want them coming back? Because then you're right. going to start running into, and I, I, I'm sure that the the scholarship limit will get changed because of this. Obviously, sure. one year you're not going to be at the 85, but these kids that are training and working their butts off and waiting in the wings, are you going to push them off another year? Do you end up do you end up pushing a ton of kids into the transfer portal because you did that? It becomes difficult. And and again, like, you know, if these kids continue to develop, that's that's why you recruit. That's why you stack up this talent. Is so right. when there's transition, it's not a big deal. So again, and I will give Jimbo Fisher a ton of credit because we have stacking classes. You know, we've stacked class in this year. I mean, yeah, was it you know once it's all said and done, this will be a top ten class. I, I think we might end up around six. And this this team, this this A and M football team, is not in rebuild. This is reload mode. We have gotten to the point where we have our established parts and pieces. Uh, Jimbo knows exactly what his team looks like. And this will be the, really the first year where it's completely Jimbo's guys. Well, and that's and that's the other thing you also have to look at. And this kind of goes back to something we were talking about. It's, you know, it, these kids that are that are on the two deep that are looking, you know, the guy in front of them is graduating or knows that he's probably going to go to the NFL. Right. They know it's their time. Again, that's part of that culture that we as a fan base have to remember. Like, they're they're building this, and those kids behind them are just as good. Right. So you have to trust in the fact that kids are going to leave, kids are going to graduate, kids are going to go to the NFL. It's part of the process. And you can't be scared about what's behind them because when the recruiting has occurred like it has, and you know the development is occurring, right. you, you can see it on the field, yeah. and you know that the program has a culture, that's when it goes from rebuild to reload. I think you look at Texas A&M, and I, and I pray that this is correct, but you look at the perception of a program. And I think a perception of a program is a big deal. You look back 10 years ago, and you look at Clemson. Clemson was a program that, yes, you know, I mean, Dabo was there at that point. But you look at Clemson as a program then, and they were known as, you know, you remember the term Clemsoning, right? Yeah. You know? They would make it to a big position and lose. Yeah. They they would you know that I mean what was it that Orange Bowl whatever the game was when they got absolutely blasted by West Virginia like seventy something. It was I mean it was it was almost fan you know Clemsoning we we didn't use the phrase but it was no. basically like the Fran years. It was you know or no no excuse me the, the Sherman yeah, years. The, the, well that that one Sherman the, year the Sherman yeah. year where like if we were up at half we knew we were going to lose like it got to the point where you were speaking it into existence because you'd seen it so many times right but what Clemson did is they stayed the course right and and that's where you know when you see the coaching carousel and everything it, it it's frustrating because you know that you know every we live in this I want it now you know immediate satisfaction right. world and the reality is you have to just trust it it's one of those things where it's like if you're learning a new task you can't you can't expect to be great at it right away, and you have to expect to put in effort and time. And it's the same thing with building the program. You right. just got to make sure you hire the right guy. And they get, they did it with Dabo. I yeah. think you know Bama did it with Saban, no doubt. Um, I, I, th- I think we've done it with Jimbo, right? You know, and and so you look around, and there's only a, a few programs where you can say they've got the guy to take them to the next level. Right. When Ohio State had Meyer, it was that way. When he was at Florida, I thought it was that way. Right. He's a good coach. Yeah. So I'm going back to 2012 here. This was on yeah 2012. You had Clemson. West Virginia, and Clemson at that point ten and three that year they did well. 
They lost 70-33 to in the Orange Bowl. Got absolutely blasted. And the thing is, Clemson at that point, 2012, yeah, no, they were winning games, but the, really they were second fiddle in the ACC and generally a laughing stock. Now look at them. That program has developed to the point where they are in that championship mode where it's we're going to win, we are going to reload, we will be in the picture. And in order to get into that picture, there's a handful of things that have to happen. You look at Texas A&M, and we are in the best situation where we can absolutely establish dominance, except there's one major hurdle that we have to clear, and that's Alabama. Alabama is just, they are there, they are established. In order to become that next team, you're going to have to knock the eagle off his perch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's got to happen. And, and what you see from Bama is they, they've reached the top of the mountain. They are. And there are years that they're not as good as, as others, but they're still so incredibly good. Right. And so they aren't continuing to progress. There is a top of the mountain that you can reach. Right. And it is the highest peak in college football. They're sitting on it, but you can get there. And it just, it takes, it, it, honestly, you can literally use the metaphor of climbing a mountain. Right. But, you know, one of the, the highest peaks in the world, it is difficult, it is tough, it requires all the people around you, it requires the right mindset to do it. Right. And, and, and man, it just requires a lot of grit. It requires a lot of grit. And the thing is, with the hire that we've put in, we hired Jimbo Fisher for that exact purpose. Because Texas A&M had every possible part and piece to make this work. You had the fan base... You had the facilities, you had the recruiting base, you had everything that was there to make a major college football program happen, and you have put the right guy at the front. And I think Jimbo Fisher, going forward, understands that. And yeah, it took a couple years for us to really kind of shake off the cobwebs of what was in order to get us in the direction of where we were heading. And eventually, and as I'm going to take a quote from him here, because people are going to fear when they see that ATM on the helmet when they come into town. Well, and, and to go back, like, one more thing in that metaphor, you know, climbing the mountain. Yeah. yeah you know what? And, and this is, again, we talked about that year that we had with Sherman that, you know, we just couldn't you know, couldn't close games. And we talk about not being able to get over the hump. The other thing that is so important, and it's that you believe you can do it. Yeah. You know, you, you know like, you've done it before. We talked about this earlier in the season. When you, once you've proven that you can do it, it's easier to do it again. And, and to, in order to do it the first time, you absolutely have to have all the faith in the world in yourself and all the faith in the world, the people around you, that y'all are going to accomplish the mission. You're going to climb the mountain. You're going to knock Bam off the top. And like and that's the direction you're going. You're not going to turn back. There's no there's no pausing and patting yourself on the back for making right. it as far as you have. There is one goal in mind. And just like you said, I think Jimbo has built that culture. He's built that program around that mindset. And, uh, and so, again, pissed off we didn't make it. Yeah. 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 One, but, A1. But, man, Orange Bowl? Not a bad opportunity, place to be. Opportunity to end up, you know, third, fourth in the rankings. So, so yeah. this is, this you know, and that's the stuff that, again, recruits notice. And, yeah. And, and, you know, when you go out and win in Orange Bowl, that still carries a lot of weight. It does. So, it's, it's one of those things where you start putting those feathers in the hat and people start to notice. Yeah. And, you know, you look at Texas A&M going forward. Yeah, with this next year, I mean, there are a handful of things that you know we as fans can do to help this. I mean, and I think most importantly is continue to make Kyle Field a fortress. You know, make people regret having to come down to our house, and you know, and that comes down to and we saw it this year. Well, twelve man did a great job even the, in the pandemic. Yeah, no, <laughs> twelve man did a great job of the pandemic, and they will next year. I mean, this this is the kind of season 
that builds up trust within the fan base. We, as a fan base, have to start trusting that, oh, we're not going to have that collapse. Oh, man, we've been in this position before. I mean, and, and I'll be honest, I think when you look back here in the next five, five, six years, assuming Jimbo does what he's supposed to do and eventually get us to that national title game and win it, I'm going to look back at that Florida game this year as the turning point. I think that was the most important game in this program's recent history, for sure. Because I think at that moment, the O-line went, hey, we're better than these guys. Our offense realized, hey, we're better than these guys. And that then inspired the defense to say, hey, we're better than these guys. And that is what has motivated this team to continue to grow. And everybody else within the program at this point will grow off of that. And we're going to see just a continued growth within the program. And I cannot wait to see these boys get to the top of the mountain. I mean, I, and I and I know that we've got people leaving, and yeah. I fully expect to be in a conversation next year for, when it comes time for the playoff committee to do whatever it is the hell they do. Right. So, again, it's it's an upward trajectory, and it's one of those things is, you know, it's it's easier to stay there than to get there. It is. You know, so, either you look at Bama, look at Clemson, you know, I mean, Clemson got beat by Notre Dame, Trevor Lawrence or not, and they didn't really budge. No. Because they people know Clemson and its culture and the program. Yeah, championship teams find a way to get there. Yeah, so, you know, we sit here and we piss him on about blue blood stuff. Well, then how about this? How about we just say F it and build a program into a blue blood and be done with it? Because that's what Clemson has done. Right, and, it's, and yeah, that's what we can do. And that's what Miami did in the 80s. That's what programs do. You know, Miami, not a blue blood. And I, you know, I only use them as an example because they are like us. They're a program that was, you know, especially back then, not a program that was really worth looking into. Texas A&M really didn't start getting its chops and really until the 70s. And even then it was kind of a down, poor, a down part until, you know, um, Jackie Sherrill came in. And at that point, Texas A&M became a desirable destination. You saw it throughout the 90s. 2000s, yeah, you take it or leave it with the Fran years, the Sherman years. Yeah. You know, Texas, <laughs> Texas A&M, you know, would, they could get a good win every once in a while, but Kyle Field was not a feared place to play, despite the fact we were always very loud. 2010s, you had, you know, you had Kevin Sumlin, who, you know, I think he's, once again, a great guy. But that was not the move for the program, and we recognized that, moved on, and realized that for our end goal at this point of, you know, what you want to do, establish a dynasty and that's something that's really hard to do and we don't need to be out here you know taking the lsu route hey cool we got our one championship we're gonna put it in our pocket no we got to go out there and establish ourselves and be competing for it yeah and i think we're and i think we're on the right track again it's it's building it's building a culture it is because a program is 100 percent reflective of the culture inside the building and so you know i'm excited um yeah, I'm excited. For, I, getting over the disappointment of not making the playoffs, I'm I'm excited for. Uh, uh, I'm excited for the Orange Bowl. I am, and I'm excited that I don't have to wait a month for it. I know, and it's going to be a fun game. I think I think it's going to be. Um... I hope it's not a good game. I hope I enjoy watching just an absolute ass kicking for for three hours. Right. So that's all I got, man. Yep. It's it's we are staring down the barrel of Christmas. Yep. I've got I've still got hams. I got to smoke. Yep. Yeah, you know, we're finishing up the holiday hams. I've got a, 
I've got a promotion board I have to sit in on tomorrow. Oh, joy. Yeah, so I'm deciding the, the fate of a couple of young soldiers. Oh, you got it. <laughs> well, oh, I get to sit here, and, um, so I'm heading back to New Mexico tomorrow to go hang with the family. I think, well, we can probably take, take a couple weeks off. Yeah, we'll take one week off. We'll be back uh, after the bowl game. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll take a look at that. Um, I think, um, and just kind of evaluate, and, you know, with football being done, um, we can definitely jump in on some other stuff, uh, other things you guys want to talk about. Um, obviously, baseball's still a little in flux. Uh, yeah. if, if you want to talk basketball, I'm not the right person Ags to talk did, to. Eggs did win today. They did win. And the women are rolling. Yeah. So, I mean, we can certainly touch on oh, and if other you're stuff in, there. If you're, in, if you're here local in BCS, um, you know, over the holidays, the basketball, uh, you know, men and women's basketball, they always have really cheap tickets, you yeah. know, so you can go out there and support the basketball team. Women are playing great. Yeah. Uh, the men kind of getting their feet underneath them. They won today, so they've only got one loss. They beat Wofford today. Yeah, they beat Wofford. And that was after Wofford came out and opened the, opened the game with, like, five straight threes. Or four. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll be all right. But, yeah, no, um, yeah, if you guys have any questions for us, I mean, things you want us to talk about, I mean, we're more than happy to get in on your topics. I know we're looking at bringing in some more guests and stuff here in the future. So if you're interested in chatting with us, we'll be happy to bring you on. Yeah. Yeah. So other than that, y'all have a very Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Um, If you're going to travel, be safe. Um, I hope you get everything that you asked Santa for. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. And and yeah, we'll see y'all. We'll see y'all in the new year, man. Hello, North Carolina. Yeah.